12, building process in the process. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And today we are going to be tackling all kinds of things related to processes, building processes, why have processes, and how you do all those things while you know, you're extremely over your head in the process of building the business uh, as a whole. So that'll That'll be a fun uh, topic to to dive into, and one that's um, absolutely never ending uh, in in the business. But before we get to that, uh, Darren, what is new with you since we last talked? What is new? What is new? Um, let's see. So our platform is really coming together now. Uh, I, I've probably mentioned this on previous episodes where we're trying to integrate our software. We're building a new account system with Stripe and. Uh, it's starting to really look great. Uh, we've had Nick, who's kind of taken on a role as a product manager, putting together designs and thinking about user interface and user flow through the software. And so now that the dev team has design-oriented um, development, things are moving so much better. And it's it's a real wake-up call for me, actually, to make sure we never... We have this problem, actually, at WhitesPark, where it's like, oh, uh, okay... I want you guys to build this thing. So I'll put together a scope document. I define it pretty well. And then they build it. And then it's a lot of back and forth of trying to fix up the user interface and the look of it and the feel of it and all that stuff. So I want to never do that again. Uh, now that I'm seeing the huge success with this design-driven development. Um, and so the platform has been a really uh, valuable thing to build that way. And so we're, we're pushing towards that and it looks great. It feels great to use. I'm just really happy with it. Now, if I remember this right, this is your process of you're, you're taking your tools from kind of being siloed in one-off and bringing them all together. Yeah. And it this will happen over a series of phases. So the first thing is we need an old, we need a new account system. And so account means our uh, users, our authentication, like our sign up, sign in. Um, all of this, like ordering any of our services and software. So if you sign up for anything, it happens through accounts. So we're building all of that. And then same with our citation services, we're, we're changing it. Like right now, if you order citations, uh, either audit and cleanup or building, you're going to have to give us a spreadsheet with your location data. So it's totally 1998 janky process. And so speaking of processes, it's terrible. And so we are, uh, we're building what we call the location manager, where you'll just add your locations to the location manager. It syncs with Google My Business. And so that's phase one, just brand new accounts and a better ordering process for our customers. Phase two is pulling in all of the functionality. So it just all happens in one, one platform. And so that's uh, GMB management features, um, uh, you know, Google Posts creation, GMB syncing, GMB notifications. A lot of that kind of stuff is happening in uh, the platform is being developed right now. And then things around listings, things around uh, rankings, all that stuff will be pulled into here. So rather than our rank tracker being a separate tool, we will still maintain that for people. 
but we're going to have uh, rank tracking in the platform too. And, and it'll be location centric, right? So you'll just be like, enable rank tracking for this location? Yes. And so you can just, it's like a new paradigm and slowly everything will be built within the platform and other applications will slowly die. You know, people will move over to our platform and, and we'll have incentives for them to do that. Nice. So, so yeah, that's coming around great. Uh, I had this really great success uh, with Upwork this week. So uh, one of our large enterprise clients wanted to do a big uh, audit across uh, one of the sites. I don't know if I want to say this publicly. So we built a scraper uh, <laughs> to scrape the site and uh, pull in all the listings. And I've been working with this this uh, developer out of the Ukraine uh, on Upwork. And like I can't believe how well it's gone. The guy is like sharp as a whip. He's got seven years of experience doing you know, web data mining projects. He's been so easy to work with. He's been working lots of hours and it's just been like kind of a dream. And I'm like, man, I should do more of this. And so uh, I've always kind of wanted to have a side projects guy. And so I think I'm going to start putting more time into scoping up projects and putting them on Upwork and having, you know, side project development happen. So I was pretty happy about that. That happened this week, and we're going to start building some new stuff that way too. Um, and then I'm just really busy getting ready for all these uh, upcoming conferences. I have one in two weeks. Uh, I have a series over the next four weeks. So starting in two weeks, I have three auto dealer conferences that I'm speaking at. So fortunately, I get to use the same deck uh, and the same presentation. Um, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I'm busy with that. That's what's going on for me. How about you? What's up? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I can start there as well. The same, you know, conference season, fall and spring are always heavy there. And yeah, just speaking a lot, which is always both, it's fun, it's exciting, it's great to get out there. But uh, as we were talking before we started recording, it's like when these come in one at a time, you know, one request comes in in January and then the next request is in March. But then all of a sudden they all line up yeah. that the events are just all right on top of each other that following fall. So it's like the next six weeks, uh, you know, next week swivel and bend and straight to there to local you advanced, um, speaking mm -hmm. to a bunch of uh, Kubota dealers. Um, one of our customers, I speak at their uh, franchisee conference, uh, speaking at Content Jam in Chicago in the end of October. So yeah, just a lot of that. And a majority of these based on, the structure, a uh, couple of them are workshops. So it's a lot of oh boy. like new slide deck creation, which is, yep. yeah, that's always the, the hard part. As you well know, um, presentations don't magically create themselves and it becomes a job within yep. itself. So, well, you're a veteran, you're a veteran. You've done how many events? I don't know. So many, but yeah, <laughs> you'll have no problem. For yeah. It. But it, you know, it, it's catch 22, right? Sometimes that makes me so confident because I've done a hundred plus where it's like, oh yeah, I can wait yeah. out. Like, yeah, I'll get that done, you know, and whatever. And then you just, you push it up and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I cannot say that anymore. Right. So totally. uh, it's hard I'm, to I'm, make presentations when you're busy running a company. That's the problem. And so you end up doing all of this presentation work after hours, you know, it's like, Kids yep. go to bed and then you spend another, uh, you know, two, three hours every night trying to get your decks together so that you can go and present at these conferences. Yep. No, I pretty much, I, I'm a lot better and maybe it's just because I've gotten older too. Like I, I definitely hit a point now where I just can't go anymore at it just because how long you've been looking at it. Now it, that happens closer Same. to like 11 o'clock, yep. 12 o'clock at night at, 
at the least where, you know, once upon a time, man, you if you're in the zone, you kept going till two or three yep. or four in the morning and just went for it. But I can't, I can't do that. Lack of sleep kills me now more than anything else in life. So. I know. I, I'm, how many, how much do you get? I get about between six and seven on average on a weeknight. Yep. I would probably say I'm, I'm close to that. Um, you know, there's, there's times where it, it sparks and it's higher. I've developed this new thing where if I, if I wake up any time from like three thirty oh, right. on, I'm probably going to be up for the day. That's and that's, yeah, that's really the biggest headache is like, I can't fall back asleep. So yeah. And that, that hasn't worked out well with, right. I have, I have four kids and our oldest ones are, you know, 15, 13, 10, they're in a pretty easy zone. You rarely will, you know, maybe sometime the the 10 year old will uh, come up in the middle of the night for an issue or storm wakes her up or whatever else. But then I also, you know, we have our, our three-year-old and he's still in that phase of, you know, getting up, he's in potty training right now, though. So I, I have more than a, he, he does a good job multiple times a week of possibly waking me up before, you know, 5 a.m. Oh, and great. causing me to be up for the day. So, <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm, a, I'm keeping the list. He's going to know about all of those someday yep, when good. we can. Keep that uh, list. You can present it to him. Yeah. And when, he, next, will, when you want him to mow the lawn, he can just present the list. Yes. <laughs> oh, I will air those grievances and he'll realize he's in a hole he'll never get out of. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. But yeah, probably the same. You know, it's it's amazing when you get an eight plus hour night, and yeah, the you know when you get shorthanded, it's it's a little bit of a grind. But yep. try to get back to a regular schedule. Yeah, for sure. Um, putting in a lot of planning for. Uh, in two weeks, we have our team summit. So we fly all of our North American uh, team into Minneapolis, and then we drive about three hours into northern Minnesota. We stay at a resort um, and just a fully you know, planned out week where we eat every meal together. We have talks and strategy sessions, uh, collaboration. We do fun things. We play games. Um, it's just really to you know, help bring our remote company together, yep. get FaceTime, focus on bigger company things, um, you know, b- building collaboration and, and teamwork and getting everybody to, to have buy-in on that. So really looking forward uh, to that. It's just a, a fabulous week. And I, I, I know our employees, even though everybody is leaving behind family, busy life, all those other things, I think everybody really loves it and gets great energy off of it. So I'm really looking forward to that. What do you do? Okay. So if everyone in the company is doing this, who stays behind and manages support or incoming sales and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we just kind of carve out uh, some times on that. And, you know, I was just talking with our exec team uh, today. We really ask everyone to plan around it, right? We say like, this is that one time that we have to do this and we get business must go on. So if it isn't an emergent have to do thing, um, you know, get it done the week before or push it the week after. And then, you know, we don't start our team stuff till nine. So if you need to get stuff, you know, do a little bit before we start in the morning, that always happens. Um, We leave like, you know, a full hour or so for uh, lunch and so people can pick up work and reply to stuff uh, during that. And then we knock off earlier in the afternoons, usually around three or four. And then people can, you know, catch up, make sure that that they keep things moving. So it's it's worked well for us uh, so far. But we do ask her, you know, plan well, be dedicated to it and just understand the importance of it. And obviously, if 
if something for you is on fire, like we have to take care of that, but we try to try to do our best to be proactive into making it so that we can, you know, engage as much with each other as possible. Yep. Well, makes sense. That sounds like it's going to be awesome. Going to be, I, yeah. I like to do that kind of thing with my company uh, when we get there. Yep. I'm not there yet. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing, you know, just uh, more and more with our, our sales team, it's, um, you know, challenging, it's rewarding, it's fun. Um, but, you know, between uh, progressing the things that they're, that they're doing, um, each of them has landed a couple of uh, small sales, which is awesome to like ink their first deals and be able to get through a process end to end, which builds confidence and gives insight. Also unearthed to me, and you know, we'll, we'll probably hit a great segue here to our topic, but it unearthed to me where I have to build more process for them um, and, and some of those things. But uh, it's, it's going well. It's been a lot of work, but it's very re- rewarding um, work. And I've, I, I really have enjoyed it. And I've also managed to take like some steps outside of it to kind of like look at it from the 10,000 foot view to like understand, you know, what have we done right in this? What could be better? What else should we be thinking about um, that we need to, you know, shore up? What should we repeat? Uh, all those kind of things. So it's it's been a very interesting and fulfilling process for sure. Has it taken longer than you expected? So in terms of like, okay, we're going to hire the salesperson, you know, give them some training after a couple of weeks, they should be closing out sales like crazy. And like, did you, are your expectations being met or not quite? Like, did you need to temper your expectations is what I'm like, what I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I think my expectations are pretty on point. Um, I, I feel pretty good in that. What I've had to see with probably our, our sales hires is... You know, it's like with anything, when you look at it from the outside, you always form your own opinion on, all right, this part will be easy, this part will be hard, uh, things things like that, and just kind of understanding it. And then when you get into it, then a lot of times you're, you're getting a more accurate view because you're actually in it and part of it. And so I think for them, yeah. it's probably been some of their expectations, even though in the interview process, I'm a very frontal as far as expectations. This is what's going to be really hard. Um, We put a huge focus on how much you have to know and understand the product. We gave them a lot of homework on making that happen and all those pieces. Um, But I I think we're kind of getting now it's like, you know, we have a few inbound leads and that's been the majority of what they've been closing, which is great. They're smaller ones that would be really hard for me to have as much time on and follow up. And right. they can be, you know, very on point um, in, in working through those, which has been great. And I think this next stage is probably going to be the hardest because they're working on getting their pipelines built up. They're, you know, they're developing their own talk track and story to what they're doing and kind of all those, those elements. And mm-hmm. I, I see that's, you know, that's that gray area where there's not going to be as many deals closed and wins like that because it's more of uh, building, getting things in motion, getting your confidence, getting, you know, more of the details. I think that's the next, like, from now to the end of the year is going to be the hard, hardest part, I think, for them. And then I think they'll cross over to having those things in gear further down the line, more confidence, et cetera. Right. Yeah. I, I want to get talking about process, but just quickly, since we're on sales, I have been using this yep. uh, CRM called Copper. And I don't know if I mentioned this on previous podcasts, but I am in love with that application. It is awesome. The, 
caught for like a really simple, inexpensive uh, CRM for sales process. Gosh, it's amazing. It's really revolutionized my ability to stay on top of sales. And uh, so I've been really happy with it. That's all. Nice. Is it uh, just copper.com or coppercrm.com? Yeah. I think if you just go copper CRM and Google, you'll find it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We on the the sales side, we use Pipedrive. Um, It mirrors to our sales process. We kind of have five stages in our sales process. And that gives a really great visual mirror to what we're doing and, you know, what, what stage that that prospect is falling into. So, that's exactly what copper does yeah. too. And you can define those steps and you can make more steps yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Totally awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. The, uh, the topic of the day, let's talk process. Um, and, and always an interesting thing, right? Because when, when you zoom out on this, like building your company is a process all within itself. And then what we're probably going to talk more so about today is like all these micro processes yeah. um, that contribute to the, the macro process of, of building the, the company. But I, I think, you know, one area where it, I, I did want to start, you know, just a, a thought level of, you know, the, the why to build process. And let's maybe talk a little bit about, you know, uh, what stage uh, or time in the company, like, do do you start think thinking about that process? Because yep. especially in in the early days, you're you're just scrambling, or you know, the the buzzword all the time, hustle. You're you're just working all every angle you can, and process isn't isn't easy to build because it's not just doing something; it's documenting what you're doing mm-hmm. so you can repeat it. So. How, how have you always, do you, do you have a philosophy around it? How do you look at it? What What's part of some of your why with process? So yeah, I think for the longest time, WhiteSpark operated with very little process in place. Um, and so the question about like, when would you start implementing process? Like how big do you have to be? How many employees? When is it necessary? You know, as we have started implementing some processes, I think immediately. Like you should even, let's say you are a sole proprietor, single uh, person company. I think defining your processes is extremely valuable, Uh, whether that's a sales process, how you do your client work, you know, processes around everything are, are super valuable. So I would say the sooner the better you get into defining your processes, um, the more organized you'll be the easier it will be to do your work. Like I find that like what a great example is our new GMB management service where we designed that thing, fully processitized it before we even took on a customer. So there's huge value in doing that. And now the thing is just running really smoothly. You know, I'm lucky to have good people working in that uh, department, really great people. You know, Ali and Sydney are doing a great job over there. And then our, our team that has helped design the processes around that, Jesse and Nick and myself, you know, I just feel like by doing it process first, we've had huge success with it. And I think that any other way, we just would have been scrambling. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I feel like this is one that has taken me a long time to learn it because I, I'm, I'm kind of wired as like a doer. Um, instead of a documenter and some of those other other pieces mm-hmm. to realize that, you know, you should format it that way and be able to, you know, teach and repetition and, and all those kind of things. And, you know, in the past for me, especially when running digital marketing agencies, like so much of our process almost always came out of 
you know, some disaster of some sort happening, right? Not a, not a true disaster, but something where a fire, a client issue, whatever else. And, you know, as soon as you're done kind of, um, you know, calming it and, and bringing order back to it, then you'd usually be like, how do we never have that happen again? Right? Like that, that was, we need a process. Yes. Yes. yes that was painful. It sucked. Yeah. Um, people weren't happy. Customer wasn't happy or team wasn't happy, whatever else. Yeah. Um, and it really gets you in the mind, right, of, of thinking through things on being, you know, to me, just a key to so many elements in business is spending the amount of time being proactive so you don't have to spend the amount of time being reactive. Right. Because I'm, I'm totally of the ilk that reactive work is like twice as costly. It's twice as damaging because it's yeah. usually, uh, uh, yeah, under pressure, under timelines, your team gets burnt out, it crushes their confidence in things, right? It's just, it's hard all the way around. Yeah, like if if I think about that and we just decided we're going to put up a landing page and start selling our GMB management service and we'll figure it out as we go without any processes in place, then we'd have a, probably have a, a lot of churn, right? People would sign up for it. They would be using it. They would be unhappy for some reason. And we would fix this as we go. And over time, we would eventually develop processes. But there's damage there because some of the early customers might talk to other people and be like, yeah, I tried that. It really sucked. And so, you know, and, and then we, we have people, you know, not staying on. So far, our retention rate has been uh, 97%. You know, it's been really fantastic since we launched the service. And so, nice. you know, being proactive with that versus reactive it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then as we're talking about the, like the emotional costs that can go into when you do things with out of process and, Wild West, just trying to get it done and, and everything else. I, that, that's one area that where I've really realized is the one of the biggest benefits is your internal team, right? Em, employees have frameworks yeah. that help guide them so they don't have to make one-off decisions or be paralyzed yep. or, or traumatized by them or, or anything else. There, there's, there's a path to, to follow that can take a lot of that hard work out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, we have that really well with our citation services and our uh, our new GMB management service. And so, you know, there's very specific workflow that you have to go through. And so that's really helpful for the employees. In other areas, it's kind of harder to do. And so like, you know, I think, I think you're probably working on this. We're working on this in terms of processes around sales, processes around maybe marketing, processes around support, even development processes. That's where uh, at least white spark has some weaknesses, and and this whole thing that you're talking about, where employees really benefit from the frameworks, you know, we do a good job in some areas, but we have a lot of employees that aren't getting that benefit. So that's where I'm, I'm looking to develop new processes. Yeah, totally. So um, with that, right, the uh, that covers some of the why, and probably a lot of our listeners are like, the why does not need to be answered, um, but timing you know, right, right from the start as early as possible, just realizing all you're going to do is cash in benefits at every step down the line. Um, you know, the, the next part in the, in the how, what is, what does that look like for you guys? Are you creating most of these processes? Um, is it tasked to certain people in certain areas? Yeah. Is everyone free to create a process? What, what does that look like for you guys? So at WhiteSpark, where we've been successful with process is when I'm not doing it. So if I'm, if I'm completely out of the picture, that's, that's probably the best thing. So uh, on the citation side, 
Yagoslav is is our guy there, and he does a great job of directing that whole service and the team and developing processes uh, within that within that service. And on the GMB management side, it's quite collaborative. But Ali is certainly the front runner there, and she uh, she's really done a good job of of setting up our tasks. And, and Nick has also really played a, a role there in getting us uh, set up with a task management system. We use this uh, ClickUp which is, uh, we, we also love that software. So ClickUp has been very good for us uh, in terms of defining our processes, making templates around the processes. And then like, so a new client comes on board, it's like, boom, you just go through the process in ClickUp and we make a, we make a new client in ClickUp, copy over the template and work through it. So it's been really nice that way. Um, so generally the, the, the way we've been building them um, it's nice to actually have a software system like ClickUp that can help you define like what are the steps, right? That's what is a process. It's kind of a series of steps you go through. And so ClickUp, it's been great to sort of provide a software that structures that for us. Yeah, we do the same with uh, Asana, right? Create create those process flows and, and checklists. Right. And yep. I, I agree with you the same way. Probably all of our great processes are not created by me. Um, I usually, I'm going to weigh in and, yeah. you know, really make sure that the, the right business case is presented for us and just try to have as much peripheral vision and how it folds into other things going on. Um, but the, you know, the same where it's like, I, I look who's in charge of that specific area or that line of work or whatever else. And that's the person I want to empower or work with to, to do those things. Um, and then it, oh, it's like, as a leader, it's such a, you feel like you get this gift when they're like, Hey, I want to share with you the process that we've built to do this. Right. And yeah, then you just get to be like, gift. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Here's, you know, this is a, a success map and now you're showing me and what the journey is going to look like and what we get at the end of it. And it's, it's definitely a very rewarding thing. And, but, but yeah, I think, you know, the team is, is really key, um, inside of that and even, you know, back to your earlier comment, even if you're just solo, it's thinking through, all right, what are the things I should be building on process myself? So when I do need to make that jump from one person to two, it's not just conversation, right? It's th these are these documented things. And then hopefully they build on top of that. So when you go from two to four, you have a head start on that, right? It's like a, it continues to multiply and get better as you grow. Absolutely. Imagine that like you're, you're just a solo freelancer. You've developed your own process. You just, you've, you grow to this point where you hire somebody and you're like, here you go. We got it all ready for you. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to get it all out of your head. So it's, it's smart to just process it. Um, you know, what, you know, what are some of the, the key things that you look at that are just key processes uh, for you guys over the years that that you've developed that you're like, oh, we, we couldn't live without this one now. This is really helps guide some of the things that we do. I would say, yeah. So I've touched on them before. The citation ones, we've been doing that for a long time. So we have a very clear process for um, how we do a citation audit. We have a very clear process for how we uh, do citation cleanup. Every single site that we do cleanup, there's like a process, like a, you step through the steps, right? And so we have documentation on all of that. And so that's that's been really successful for us, for sure. And we've done the same thing around uh, G our GMB management service where 
it's just a series of steps. And then you break it down into smaller uh, tasks and then you define the tasks. And these are the, this is what you have to do to do the task. I don't know. Is, is that what a process is? Like, is that kind of what yours look like too? Yeah. Yeah. Really for the most part, it's just defining and creating a, a playbook on what it is and putting a rule, rules of the game together that everybody's going to, you know, play by, follow and yep. and go through in in that same manner so that you can repeat it over and over again, the same method to achieve the yep. same results, right? Yeah, and it becomes your training guide too, right? So you've yeah. got, we've got that process, training is much easier. Yep, for sure. You know, for us, and this goes all the way back to, you know, one of our uh, early episodes when we were talking about sprints and things like that, that that was something that I really saw evolve over, you know, my first couple of years with, with Gather Up and that that was our development process. Um, where it was something that was really, really loose, then we ended up figuring out all the, you know, right pieces of it from, you know, where ideas collected, then how are they turned into a feature spec? How are they socialized to, you know, get buy-in and make people aware and contribute to it that way? Then how do we create, you know, low fidelity mock-ups that we can kind of click through and see it in action and then um, how do we socialize that so our team can kind of poke some holes and see what's wrong? And then it gets to design. Then once it's in design and we poke holes in it there, then it goes to front end development. And then, you know, finally at the end is the engineering team to get their hands on it to make it living and, and breathing. And then once that happens, right, it's dev servers and then internal testing. Um, then we almost always now, if it's a bigger feature, it'll go into beta with us. And we'll invite beta users and we're able to flag it and just turn that that feature on or off per account or per location in our system. Um, yep. And then once we feel like, all right, it's you know solid, we have some user feedback, we don't have any big holes or issues, uh, then we're able to roll it out. And even then, you know, content has already been, you know, riding alongside of it. And so they have blog posts yep. ready to go and the user guide and an update to our change log and, and all those areas. So it's it's been really fun to watch something that once upon a time was just kind of like an idea and then you just built it and didn't think about any of the 20 other steps we have in our process now to like this just well-oiled machine on how it goes down the track and what happens with it. And it's still not to say we don't have bumps with certain areas of the process. What One thing we continue to have to get better on is like that feature spec should be living and breathing throughout the cycle. And sometimes people don't read enough into it. They don't continue to update it. Uh, they don't use right. it as that the guide that it should be in the process. And by the time you get to the end of it, what you've developed is completely different from the feature spec. <laughs> it could be a little bit, or yeah. you just end up missing something. Sometimes it was like, you know, this was a very core piece of the feature spec. So how, how did we miss this? Right. And yeah, right. Um, so yeah, both, both sides of that can, that can happen a little bit, but it's, it's just, it's using all those things, right? It's like anything you still, you have to, a process is only as good if you're going to adhere to it and you're going to do check-ins and checkpoints on yep. it to make sure it's it's staying in line with what you're doing. So all of that sounds so great. Like uh, we've done a pretty good job with processes on the service side, but we are quite loose uh, in terms of processes on the development side. So our software, our I don't know, our teams are operating in silos on different projects and it all comes together. But I do think we have problems there and that's an opportunity for us to tighten up 
Um, and when we tighten up there, uh, I think we'll be able to develop faster, you know, because right now, you know, we end up with roadblocks or problems or, you know, reversions, right? So you build something and then, and then we, we will then come in with designs after and you've got to step back for a few days and, and rework it to, to match the actual vision of the product. So by not going through the proper steps of a process, we waste time. And so this is an area that I really want to work on uh, and improve processes in. And so actually, I uh, had a meeting with one of my developers yesterday, and uh, we started talking about some of the stuff and processes we can put in place. And so it's coming, but uh, it's certainly an area that we need to work on. Yeah. And, you know, just to share from my experience with it, I, w- I would say, if anything, what what ended up happening for us and where we place more of our value is like much less on speed um, and just more so on like, you know, reliability of it's built right, it has the right aspects to it, it performs right, it meets the needs of the user, and it, it allows you to pull, you know, t- to some extent, nothing is ever fast enough in software, right? Yeah. Like, the minute you have the idea, you would love if it was already uh, in, in play. Uh, yesterday, I was just doing, I was writing a feature spec for something and it's something that I could completely do manually. So I started doing it manually and, and kind of making it happen. And it's something related to social. So I was putting, putting it out on, on social and, you know, it definitely got me excited. It allowed me to see pieces in the process and decisions I need to make, what kind of settings and, and things need to be part of it. Um, but then at the same time, right, I also realized, all right, all of this excitement, this is going to probably be three months to build this, right? So now I got to put all that excitement on the I shelf. Know. So that painful. The, the, yeah, the speed part can be hard, but like, you know, when it comes to getting enough sleep at night, not making customers mad, yep. um, not, you know, rolling out something that affects other dependencies, like that to me is really the biggest win in all the process. Uh, is it it just can put your mind and your emotions and the product at ease um, and, and not have to worry about some of those other things. So, right. You know, it's funny. I, I think about how small my company is. Uh, I have a friend, a fellow developer I went through computing science with. He worked at Salesforce now. He's one of the team leads over at Salesforce. And uh, the amount of process they have over there is mind blowing. And so for yeah. a company, an organization of that size, it's like every piece of code they write goes through a massive series of unit testing. Then it goes through uh, an integration process, which has its own series of testing. Then it goes on to uh, you know a code server thing that they run against it for like a month. It goes through all this process. A feature never makes it into the actual public-facing uh, system until... It takes months and months for that stuff to hit production. And it's because they have all of these processes in place with their development. And it's, uh, you know, in one sense, you kind of have to do it that way when you're as big as Salesforce because you can't release broken stuff because uh, it's going to affect millions of customers. And on the other sense, yep. it's so it can really bog you down. Do you ever feel bogged down by this, uh, your, the processes you've put in place? Because sometimes it's nice for us at White Spark to be like, wow, this is going to be great. It's super valuable. Developers, stop what you're doing. (laughs) We're going to pound this out in the next few days and put in the software. And we've done that many times and it's been great. It's been successful. And so, and then they get back to the regular flow. 
But when you have a, a strict process, you're not allowed to do that. You're like, okay, well, you got an idea. Cool. We'll put it on the, on the queue. So do you ever yeah. feel bogged down by your current process? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've, I feel bogged down. Um, I, I, I guess I always realize the trade-off, right? And yeah, we can we can reshuffle priorities or bring something to the front. You know, we we definitely have something like that that we're doing right now that we we want to get done by our customer webinar in two weeks from now. Right, exactly. Um, and that that causes some shuffling. But even when we do that, it still follows a process. I I, I have enough personal experiences of when you go outside the process. It eventually, almost every time, has bit me in the rear end, and it and it might not be immediate. It's just later on when it's like, oh yeah, well we built that really quick, and we didn't really do much with the interface, or we didn't even put it here, and now it's just you know it's been drifting in this no man's land, even though we got a quick win for a handful of clients that know where it's hidden in the product. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't build it right, we didn't roll it out right, and now we're going to have to go back and do that work. Yeah, my development team would ask me to re-listen to this podcast and hear you say that five times so that, <laughs> so that I stop doing exactly that. I love to derail them and be like, oh my God, I got this great idea because one customer asked for it, right? So one yeah. customer asked for something and I'm like, that's going to be amazing. And so yep. then we roll it out and then it's like, yeah, that one customer thinks it's kind of cool. And then, but you know, it doesn't really improve the business. And so that's the thing about taking the time to think about you know, what is the actual customer adoption of this feature and will it move forward or should we stay the course on what we're currently building? Yep. No, totally. And I mean, those are always, uh, I think the the hardest thing in running uh, a software company is prioritization. I think it is the bottom line hardest thing, right? Because it's like we have, we are not short, right? Between myself and Mike Blumenthal, like, yep. And people on our team, we are not short of ideas. Our customers have ideas. But yeah, totally. you only have so much time to execute. And it really comes down to how you do prioritize them to get mm-hmm. the maximum value out of how you prioritize it. Right. So yep. that's the the tricky part. And and I'm like like emotionally, I'm right with you. Like when I'm excited about something like the test I was doing, I want it built already because it's like I know it'll unlock emotional value for our customers. And so that that's going to be a, a really big win. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I want, I want that win, right? I want, the, I want to play the game right now. I don't want to have to go through the practices, training camp, whatever else. Um, yeah. But then I'm reminded, and when I'm writing that feature spec, I'm reminded like, wow, there's a lot to think about with this. Every time. I know. It always seems like, okay, cool. We could definitely build that. But then once you start specking it out, you're like... Wow, this is growing. Is we've got a, a lot of things you've got to consider, right? It's like, well, there's yep. all these edge cases. If this, then that. There's a lot of stuff to figure out in the in the spec process. Yep. No, there 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 definitely is. But I, I would say, you know, for the couple of drawbacks in process and whatever else, and you know, just just as you point out, you, you have to understand your time and place with process. And we couldn't run gather up like Salesforce, right? Like that would, it would be over overdoing it, but mm-hmm. you can definitely take the core concepts and look at like, well, why do they do it? Right? Well, it's for yeah. protection of this, right? Exactly. It's protection of the product or it's protection of the customer or protection of your internal team and your employees. And mm-hmm. so when you see that, that's where you can look like, okay, we can build a little bit of process around that. And then as we grow, then we can grow the process more. 
And I think that's exactly how it happens. Like obviously look at the size of Salesforce, right? So their process didn't, wasn't always like that. It's evolved and developed into that as their team has grown and the complication of this, of their product has grown. So then your processes have to grow along with it. Makes sense. Yeah. Have, have you seen anything with your employees over time when you introduce a new process where either none existed or you're revamping a process where they're a little resistant to that change or it's a little harder for it to catch gear? Um, I don't think I can speak to that question very well because on the citation side, I don't get direct feedback from the citation team, really. I just uh, interface mostly with Nyagoslav over there. And so he would get that feedback and he could probably answer that question better than me. Um, on the GMB management service, um, side of things, we've always developed from process. Um, but I'll be able to answer that question in a few weeks because we'll be rolling out a development process pretty soon. And so it'll be interesting to see how that gets picked up. How about you? Have you, uh, implemented new processes that didn't exist before and how has that been received by your employees? Yeah, there, there definitely can be ones where there is a little bit of tension, especially with things like um, when we started implementing more financial controls, so like expense reports oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and things like that, right? People, there's more than a few people that were a little up in arms about it. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, it's like, all right, do the process a few times and then let's talk about it um, if you feel like it's too cumbersome or whatever mm-hmm. else, but it, it it can be hard when people look at like, oh, well, that's a little bit of busy work and they don't understand, okay, well, this is what it's for protection or structure with. They don't always see those parts. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, with certain processes, there can be things if somebody, if there's a process that exists and they're comfortable and used to doing it, um, and it's easy for someone to look at and be like, well, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing right now, right? Like it's not failing, but they don't understand. Well, here's why we're adding on to it or making it further or whatever else, right? The yep. the business reasons. And that's where I look at like, that should probably be my job then to help connect those dots and explain it, support the person mm-hmm. who's putting the process into place to say like, you know, this was created out of a conversation we have with here's we're expanding the scope of what we need to address, protect, ensure. And that's why there's a change. It's not that you're, the current one is wrong or you're doing the current, current one wrong or we want to – it's not because we want to add more stuff to your plate. It's just we have to assure bigger things in a bigger way. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, that that's a good sort of note there is that when you roll out a process, it's pretty valuable and important to make sure – you communicate the whys and the hows uh, to the yeah. rest of the team when you do that. So if you're if you're going to roll out a process, make sure that everybody understands. You know, it's it's bigger than just you doing the process. This is the this is the overall value to the company. Yeah, I, I think explaining whys and anything is uh, important. Um, if you ever even look at like our monthly customer webinars, anytime we roll out a new feature, mm-hmm. we start with a, why are we building this feature? Right. And it's not, it's not the tactical reasons. It's more the strategic, you know, we created this because this, these are benefits that people have asked for, or that we see is important to the strategy mm-hmm. that we're trying to align our, our tool with. And I think that helps, really helps people understand more and wrap their mind around the the feature and the things that are are part of it when you 
when you lead with the why. Sweet. That is, I'm taking that one and we'll be using it this week because we have a big update to our rank tracker about to launch. It's done. It's just waiting for me to sort of communicate it properly to the team and so or to the uh, to our customer base. So I'm going to be doing some videos and I'm going to do a blog post on you know what what we've changed and why. And so I'll, I'll lead with the why. I think that's a great tip. There you go. Check out our, uh, we post all of our uh, webinars on our blog. Just click on the webinar category and we post the recordings in the slides so you can see how we present it if you need a little uh, guide for yourself there. Going to do it. Thanks for the tip. All right. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's wrap up. What's uh, what's one area where in talking about this or where you're looking at, what's one area where you feel like uh, I really, I want to develop more process. This is on, on my, you know, short to midterm radar to build out um, the first process or to, to you know, edit and mature uh, an existing process even further? Yeah, so 100% for me is on the development side. So we need processes around how we develop, how we communicate. We, we have problems like sometimes staying on track where, you know, uh, someone can start working on a feature and then they realize, oh, all this code is total crap. And so they start rewriting everything, but then that rewrite affects other things. And so... Um, we're building processes around that to try and keep uh, focused on the task at hand and trying to uh, make sure everyone's on the same page. Code review, uh, some processes around that are on our uh, on my mind and something that I want to uh, build out there. And really getting into a real flow of like, these are the steps that we go through for software development. And these are the checks and balances we have in there. So that's a process that we're really working on and uh, need to get ironed out. And we're also coming into a great place with, uh, you know, a lot of our legacy code is being mostly phased out. We rebuilt everything. And so we're in a good spot now to really define those processes where we don't have to deal with old crap that can't even fit to our processes. So that's a big one for me, yeah. development. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I think that'll make a big impact for you. I think so too. Yeah, for for me, I mean, it's it's one where I you know probably need to be the most critical of myself, and that's just the employee development within our team. Yeah. Um, it, in growing, right, our our employee size has doubled in the last eighteen months from you know sub ten to I think we're about at twenty two now. Wow. Um, so yeah, just. And we've cleaned up some things like our, you know, our interview process and offer job description. Mm -hmm. Some yep. of those things have definitely improved, but it's that next step on um, really solidifying a clear review schedule and those, you know, checkpoints and expectations yeah. within those. Um, and then when you get further out, just laying out like, you know, I want to get to the point where we can lay out some career path expectations, right? It's not just... For sure, yeah here's a six month review and what you did well, here's, you know, challenges and areas to work on, here's looking forward. Um, but really being able to help people understand, you know, here's where you are and here are some possible paths. And that, that's one where I look at, you know, mature companies really have that nailed really well. Now, do they, you know, move people through those paths? Well, that can be debatable here and there, but I think it's really important for people to have a clear line of, of, of site because I mean, we have a great team and everybody, you know, works so hard. I never really have to, I never have to coach anyone on our team to work harder. Um, I have to help coach on priorities, efficiencies and, and things like that. So to me, that's one, one thing that I need to, you know, 
champion a little bit harder and we we need to get better at like we're we're implementing some of those things but probably not fast enough and we need to get that long-term vision right we need that career path um ver- um a piece and phase to be in there not just the you know review cycle to be there yeah totally um do you find as the company grows that this sort of employee development stuff becomes hard for you to personally manage like i find it's quite a bit of time and it's the kind of thing that i don't do a good enough job of staying on top of and one day i would hope to have an hr manager of some sort like an hr person that kind of worked through all this stuff or, or managers of specific teams they do they do the the checkpoints and stuff right yep and the your your second comment there is what i think is really key you know even though we've had this growth and explosion, I still have way too many people that are direct reports with me. Yep. Um, so it's finding someone to lead each of those areas where you know I, I can only have two or three or four direct reports, and then they have teams underneath them. And that's the way to go. I think. Yeah, sure. we've got half that structure kind of built in. I have a couple areas where that happens, but then we still have a couple that don't. And then if you mm-hmm. have, you know right? Like the sales team all falls under me. So there's basically three people on the sales team that all become direct reports. And I I think that's the challenging part in that growth is like, you have the growth, um, you can't always uh, afford to, or you don't even, it's really important to find the right person to be that manager, director, VP, whatever you want to look at. Um, So you're very cautious about those, or you're specific with a lot of intent to recruit them or or whatever else that might be. So you have to eat up a lot of gap in that in that time. And yeah, it, it becomes tricky. You're already taxed for time and it's more time. And then it's also not you know fair to those that are underneath it. I mean, anytime we've plugged someone into a leadership position in a in a you know a department or on a team, that's the first thing I tell them. I'm like, you are gonna benefit from having someone focused on you instead of five percent of my time. Right. That's yeah. That's the biggest win right up front amongst all the other things that will come with it. Yeah, totally. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I uh, great topic. Um, I think I, I I picked up a few things, reminded me of a few more things I need to to work on. Same. Uh, process process is never ending. That's for sure. Yeah, and then the more you can, every everything could be processitized if you put in the time to do it. I think there's benefit there. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's a a note to self to start working on some of that. I'm definitely thinking about yep. sales processes. I'm thinking about processes with the support team, how we handle incoming tickets, you know, how you divide them up based on what the su- subject matter is. There's so many things that we could do better at uh, adding process to, and we're going to work on it. Well, let's, there you go. Let's make sure from time to time we uh, sneak in some of our process wins or challenges into kind of our uh, uh, periodic updates when we uh, start, start our episodes. I think that's, good and allows uh, you and I to kind of hear what's going on as we continue to evolve our processes. Great idea. Let's do that. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Darren. Another productive show. Episode 12 is in the books. As always, uh, it's been great uh, getting feedback from some of you guys. Uh, I think uh, shout out to Will Scott. He sent me uh, an email that he had binged all of our uh, episodes and a number of other people always touch and base with us. Take the time, write us an iTunes review or hit Darren and I up on uh, Twitter. And we'd love to hear if you have episode ideas or specific questions that you would like us to, to touch on, cover, 
or just say we have no idea and try to go from there on it. So uh, with that, uh, we'll hopefully talk to you in a, in a couple of weeks. Good luck with your upcoming uh, speaking gigs and uh, we'll talk soon, Darren. Thanks. Yeah, same to you. You got a lot coming up there. So good luck with all of that and good luck with the retreat. And we'll talk to you uh, in a couple of weeks, maybe three. I don't know. We both have a busy upcoming schedule. So talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Darren. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye.